What's up guys? This is Perfectly Imperfect, an unscripted journey, and I am your host, Abby McDonald. Thank you so much for being here. I promise you, you will be so glad that you stayed. My guest today is one of the most amazingly driven, inspirational women that I've ever come across in my 41 years. And I am lucky enough to call her my friend. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. I would love to start off with you just telling a little bit about yourself and how you got into the line of work that you're currently in. So I was an art teacher for eight years. I realized I wasn't fulfilled in that position. So I decided to do something new and it took me roughly three years to figure that out. And I kind of just got to this point where I was like looking around my house, what am I reading? What am I passionate about? What am I doing on my off time? And that was reading nutrition books, working out, trying to learn more about fitness, more about overall health, which comes from my dad. He was that way as well. So I finally came to the conclusion that I would start a yoga studio, train people, get into nutrition as well. It did take me three years to to figure that out, to make that decision. But once I had figured it out, I was off. I opened up Shakti Fit. That was 10 years ago this coming August. So I have a 10 year anniversary coming up very soon. Literally the best thing I've ever done for myself. Terrifying in the moment. But 100% the best decision I've ever made. My mother would disagree. It terrifies her that I'm (laughs) self-employed. But she was as well. So she understands the highs and lows. Definitely the coolest thing I ever could have done for myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm here today. And as you said, tearing me up already when we started the podcast, <laughs> yeah. that's how I got to meet Abby, which has been a fantastic friendship yes. and professional relationship as well. Yes. I absolutely love having Sarah in my life. Mm-hmm. I met Sarah, I would say about five years ago. I had had my first daughter and I was struggling big time with undiagnosed postpartum depression and just feeling absolutely awful in my own skin. And I was recommended by someone that actually lived in that area to her yoga studio. I set up a consultation with Sarah and I remember sitting down and learning about all of the different things that she offered from nutrition coaching to personal training and just the connection that I felt with her right away. I was like, this is a perfect fit. And I wanna say that we worked together for close to a year before my family ended up moving to the opposite side of town and I was no longer able to work with you anymore. And then soon after that, I think COVID hit Sarah Mm -hmm. and I can only imagine how COVID affected you, not only personally, but financially with you owning your own business. Can you talk a little bit about how COVID did affect you? Yes. So I'll prelude that a little bit with my business did better than I ever could have imagined when I opened it in Mount Vernon. So Mount Vernon, Ohio is where I initially started Shakti Fit. And Mount Vernon, gosh, it's roughly probably 14 to 16,000 people by now. Maybe it was 14,000 when I first moved there way back in the day. And I wasn't sure how a yoga studio would be received. They didn't have one yet. Mm -hmm. Small town feel. I wasn't sure how people would enjoy it. So I initially just wanted it to be a yoga studio and I added the personal training like just in case the yoga was a flop. Okay. Added the nutrition coaching because it's just so integral to getting healthy in the first place. It was that, that third column I really wanted for the business. So when I opened it, the yoga did beautifully. 
And I opened my business with zero business background. Right. Like I am not a businesswoman. I'm a woman who knows my service and I know people and that's the part I love, but I'm pretty wretched at the business end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a lot of support systems that I lean on heavily for that part of it. And I remember just the business got big really quickly. I went from this tiny little room that's kind of the size of the the rooms that Abby and I are sitting in right now, like my mm-hmm. living room mixed with my kitchen. It was, and then I'm in a small house right now too. And the studio was that small. I had just a few pieces of equipment that I had bought at a um, secondhand equipment store. Yeah. I started small, no business loans, no experience, just like a wing and a prayer. Mm-hmm. And I somehow pulled it off. (laughs) It somehow happened. I grew to a three-story building really quickly and then still needed more space. So found another larger building right down the road and moved to that building. But I remember just feeling just so elated that the business was doing well. But also I got to this point where I was just trying to please every client and you can't do that but it happens so often when people open businesses and you're so passionate about pleasing your clients and giving them what they need and then all of a sudden your business is what they wanted and not what you wanted and people with good intentions you know when i the first year of my business i'll never forget And again, with good intentions, they saw like, she's new, she's growing. Sarah, you should offer Pilates. You should have bar classes. You should do this. You should do that. And although I didn't follow, of course, every suggestion, I would even get like suggestions about the music I was playing in my yoga classes. Something, those fine details. People would show their pleasure in the music I was playing or that they were displeased in the music I was playing. And I took everything to heart. Oh, sure. And I ended up just like following what people were saying and losing my initial goal of what Shakti Fit was. Mm -hmm. So what COVID did for me personally was, you know, I was as a gym nationwide, we were forced to close doors actually probably more like worldwide. That was a massive kick to the gut. The business was not that old yet. And though though we were in the black, we were not in the black when we had to close doors. And I had a few insanely loyal, incredible clients that allowed one of the other girls who trained for me, um, Christine, these clients allowed us to train them in the park. And when we had to close doors, it was like early, well, mid early spring ish. It was not warm outside (laughs) and it was rainy and you know, we had some crappy days, but these clients stayed with us and those clients, you know who you are. I love you so much. You have kept me afloat and I appreciate that. And some had to go and I get that too. Not everybody wanted to train in a park where there was hundreds of people passing them every day. And then yoga became Zoom yoga. So um, we're all super familiar with Zoom now, but at that time it was extremely unfamiliar. It was terrifying for my clients as well as I. So. It got weird for a minute. (laughs) Revenue went way down. And I had this really special opportunity with COVID. And I don't want to pretend like, uh, all you suckers, COVID did you wrong. But I actually had massive benefits from that pause. Obviously not from COVID and what it brought to the nation. But from that forced pause, it was, Abby knows me, so she's going to laugh as I say this. I have to be forced to pause. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like in relationships and friendships, in my workouts, in my business, you name it. I tend to just head down and grind and I lose my sight sometimes. And so I, I, God does have to like slap my butt down sometimes. Like you need to sit down for a minute (laughs) and you need to think about this and I'm going to force you through X, Y, and Z. That's right. So it was a forced pause. 
I had no idea what I was going to do. I was in the middle of a kind of a not awesome, but long, long-term relationship at that moment as mm-hmm. well. And everyone married in relationships, unmarried, not in a relationship, relationships with ourselves, let alone other people during COVID was tough. So tough. So, so tough. So I was, I was in this just like massive mental tornado through COVID of what am I doing with this, with this relationship? What am I doing with my business? I, what, who am I? I mean, all the way down. And I think a lot of us were there all the way down to like, who am I as a woman? Oh, absolutely. Who am I as a business owner? I mean, it got, it got weird. It got serious. It and I hate that. I hate the forced dealing with emotions. Yes. And that made me do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm great. I am grateful for that pause. Business wise, I stopped the group yoga, which was tough, but necessary because it wasn't bringing any revenue in anymore. I continued to train people in the park as often as I could, train some people over Zoom. Nutrition coaching wasn't as prevalent in my business then, but there was a little bit of that as well. I had this day, I'll never forget this moment. So I had seen a therapist a few times and I had this day where I was like, Dr. Peterson, I have got to meet with you. We met over Zoom. And I'm just, you know, as you do with your therapist, like barfing out all of this stuff to (laughs) her. And I was like, I'm just in a whirlwind. I don't know what to do. Personally, I'm, it's, everything is a mess. My business, everything is a mess. I don't know where to go. And I remember saying to her in this moment, and this will be the hardest thing for me to say, so I'm going to try to get through this part. I had, I had had a dissolution, um, almost eight years ago now. And I remember the years that followed that dissolution because I did what I do and I tried to forge ahead without sitting in emotion. I felt like I lost who I was. Mm -hmm. And I remember through those years, I just want to get back to the woman I was. I just want to get back to the woman I was. And kind of that was my goal. Mm -hmm. But when I met with my therapist that day, I'm bawling to Dr. Peterson and it dawned on me and I said, Dr. Peterson, I don't want to find the woman I was anymore. That's not, that's not enough anymore. And I know I can do better. Mm. I know I can do better than what I was doing. That person got me where I am. And I said, I don't want to be here again. Right. I want to do better. I want to be the woman that I aspire to be, not what I was doing, because that wasn't what I aspired to be. And that moment of clarity with her was insane. It was so tear-filled. It was a pivotal moment in my life, mm-hmm. personally and professionally. Yeah. And in that moment, I decided to, I went back to school to start, started school to become a nurse. And I got about halfway through. We were able to start opening doors again. Things were slowly opening up. And I knew that's where my passion was. The nursing idea was I need something stable and I'm terrified. Oh, that, I totally understand. Yeah, like I was like, people aren't going to, people don't want to breathe on each other right now. They don't want to do yoga, like in a room where all your focus is on breath. And so I thought... I'm going to do this. I'm passionate about taking care of people. Nursing feels like a, a good fit. Yeah. And my dad's mom, uh, we call her Nani, my grandma, she was a nurse and always has been my whole life and always will be an enormous inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. Tough woman, but like you didn't know it. Soft exterior, kind heart, took care of everybody the best she could. But man, was she just, just so, so tough. And so I felt like that was a sign too, like, okay, I'll be a nurse like Nani was. I have a couple cousins that are as well that I admire very much for what they do. But then when I was able to open up again, I was like, I can't give up on this business. I worked so hard to do this thing. Right. 
So I use that moment to pivot and say, okay, do it again, but do it your way this time. Yes. Do it your way. And be a businesswoman. <laughs> Try desperately to be a businesswoman and figure out where was I making money, where was I not making money? Because I was financially, I was in a relationship, but I was financially independent at that moment. Right. So single income, self-employment is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> it's extremely worthwhile though and very satisfying, but you, you have to be smart. So I used that moment to rethink the business and I got rid of the group classes completely. I, I stuck with that, focused more on the personal training, and then went to get my uh, master level. I was a level one nutrition coach already. Went and got my master nutrition coach certification, which then allowed me to be board certified in the state. That was a big move for me. It allowed me to be, oh gosh, 10 times the nutrition coach oh, I was yeah. before. And I'm super grateful that I found that program. For anyone who's ever interested in nutrition coaching, Precision Nutrition is the certificate to get. They have a level one that is the science base, and then they have a master coach slash level two that is the psychology of coaching, and that was where I needed it. I know the science up and down. I needed to know how to empathize with people and not treat my clients like it's black and white. I told you to do this. Why did you not do it? Right. I don't know how to help you now. Right. So that coaching cert allowed me to be a much better nutrition coach. And I'm extremely passionate about that nutrition portion, so it also allowed me the opportunity to take pause, take this course, uh, become a better nutrition coach, and serve clients better in that manner. Mm -hmm. I opened up the business on my property, so that made it financially much more stable oh, for yeah. me. So the scary part was I downsized significantly because I went from having roughly nine teachers and trainers to just myself. Right. So. I was able to, for the most part, keep on all the clients that had stuck around. Not every single one chose to because I did move my business uh, roughly 20 minutes away from where it was previously. So not everybody could follow me and I understood that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them did, which is amazing. And again, super grateful to those clients because every client that comes to me has a drive with the exception of a couple mm -hmm. that live right in my neighborhood. Um, so that going through what COVID forced everybody to go through was a pivotal point. It allowed my business to grow in the way I wanted it to. It got me out of that tornado of like, oh, I need to please these people. I've got to hire more people because I've got to serve all these clients. And it got me out of that whirlwind and let me refocus. And that was incredible. And that moment with her, with the therapist that day was also a pivotal point for me personally. I just started to understand that there had to be more for me personally right. and got out of the relationship I was in. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a couple of years after it took me some piddle farting around before I moved forward from that. A lot of piddle farting around. Um, but I moved forward from it. That was enormous for me. A big part of who I am, I, I kind of make this joke, but it's also very true. It's funny, but also a very sensitive part of my life that I am so brave and certain and confident and I hear my gut when it comes to my business, yes. when it comes to my family, when it comes to my friends. But when it become, when it comes to an intimate relationship, mm -hmm. I am like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Is this the right thing? I don't know. I guess I'll find out. <laughs> so that was a moment years out of a dissolution that was really tough and I didn't realize how tough it was gonna be yes. until years after. Mm -hmm. like. Three years, I think, after that dissolution was when it sunk in what had happened, that I lost this eight-year marriage. We weren't on the same page about having children eight years into the marriage, which is what got us where it got us. And that 
took me years to figure out like, oof, that one went deep. Yes. (laughs) Like I thought I walked away from that relationship and that marriage confident Mm -hmm. and didn't look back. And I didn't, but I also didn't understand the wreckage that it caused internally. I think this is the same for everybody. That was massively affecting further decisions moving forward, personal relationship decisions. Mm my confidence level in who and what I deserved in that area. And I know to this day, this irks me, I know it affected how I showed up for my clients. Right. And that was really hard for me because I'm like, they don't deserve this. Like these people have stayed loyal to me. That part was super difficult. And like I said, it's still something that I think we we all probably battle with that. Like who doesn't go to work in a bad mood because maybe your spouse and you got in a fight that morning. Like we're, that affects us everywhere, but it would like take me down. Oh, sure. There were days when I just had to call off clients because I couldn't get out of bed because I was in this emotional turmoil from a relationship at that moment. So it took years, but I got out of that place and have gotten where I am today. And so Massively long story to your question, COVID and that opportunity, and again, that forced pause was one of the biggest obstacles that I'm most grateful for having to get through in life. Yeah, I love that. I love how this huge thing that affected so many people and kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with all of it, that's really cool. I want to kind of switch gears and talk about fitness Mm -hmm. and exercise. Now, I know when a lot of people think of exercise or fitness training, they think of living a healthy lifestyle. But I know in even talking with you and learning more as I've been working with you, that there is absolutely another side to where it can be unhealthy or an addiction, correct? Absolutely, yes. And this is something that I've seen all over the place. And I don't know that I've necessarily seen it among my clients. I'm extremely blessed to be surrounded by insanely strong women on a daily basis. And I don't mean just physically, like mentally incredibly strong women on a daily basis, but I've in the fitness realm, I certainly see this all over and I fell into it too. So yeah, we think about working out, like obviously working out is really good for us. Paying attention to our food is really good for us. Paying attention to movement is really great. And it is the thing that keeps me afloat many days. And I think it plays that role for a lot of us. However, just like any other addiction, it can also be a coping mechanism that just helps you avoid your feelings, avoid facing a thing. Yes. And I experienced that personally after my dissolution. So I was about three years into Shakti Fit when that marriage ended. I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, how am I gonna do this? Revenue is up and down all the time because it's a very new business. But like, I I will never forget, I just kept going. I was like, you you just have to keep going. You have to show up every day. And I got, I made myself busier and busier at work. Like, yeah, I can take on a 47th client this week. That makes perfect sense. Right. (laughs) I will do that. I was working these incredibly long hours, but also working out a lot. And not only was I like working out probably at least six days out of the week. Many days there were two workouts a day. And it's because time alone with my thoughts was not an option for me in that moment, I thought. 
So I worked out incessantly, and when I wasn't working out, I was on my feet working. The only time I paused were the very few hours a night I was sleeping. And I use the term sleeping very loosely. <laughs> right. <laughs> Laying in bed, staring at my ceiling, yes. you know, having emotional moments, whatever. I hated that time by myself. And if I did have time by myself between clients, I literally would force myself to nap because I didn't want to just be by myself. I didn't mm-hmm. want to sit with my thoughts. So working out became that coping mechanism for me. And I didn't recognize it in the moment. I was like, well, I'm not drinking. I'm not overeating. I'm right. not piling donuts into my mouth. I'm not, I did a lot of retail therapy as well. well. <laughs> that was a big one for me, retail therapy. But like I said, that, that working out incessantly was a coping mechanism. Yeah. And it wasn't even for a certain like it wasn't for aesthetic reasons it wasn't like well I want to I'm looking for a new relationship right now I've got to look top-notch it had nothing to do with aesthetic it was a hundred percent I can't stop moving until I need to go to bed tonight yep. and so I used it for that the most interesting part I think for that for me was I did get this like ripped physique. I was weighing 135 pounds, which for my stature is very light. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's with a lot of muscle mass on it. And I was eating, but I was eating like perfectly. I was eating six meals a day. Like I was eating, but I was never veering from the macros that I had assigned to myself. There was, I did do a treat meal a week. I never forget that with a girlfriend. Every week we did a treat meal and we did it, man. Like we ordered dessert first and ate it and then we ate our meal after. But outside of that one treat meal a week, which I, even that would get to me. Like I'd enjoy it in the moment and then we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. Um, The nutrition and how that can be a coping mechanism as well. But yeah, I was working out so much and I, my body to other people became a thing. Right. It became a thing. And when I started Shakti Fit Girl, I was a little puffy. And that's okay. Like you don't have to, I was at the beginning of my journey too. I had been reading about nutrition and fitness for years, but I hadn't perfected it because that shit takes years. Understanding your relationship with food and your body and working out, it takes a long time. So I was still originally when I opened Shakti in the beginning stages of that. And then all of a sudden, I was like as svelte as I had ever been. I was working out constantly. I was doing CrossFit competitions all the time. And I did love it. I am. I love being active. It comes natural to me. Mm-hmm. I've been an athlete my whole life. I was able to be an athlete through CrossFit by competing. I loved that. Loved the competitive nature of CrossFit, even in everyday classes. But I got myself to this point where... Like I said, I was just not sitting with my thoughts. I was not getting through the things I needed to be getting through in a healthy manner because I was avoiding them. Mm -hmm. And I used that as avoidance. And I will never forget, this happened to me, there were a couple poignant moments that that will not leave my brain. A girlfriend and I were at Cedar Point, kind of in the midst of all this. A woman said, life wasn't too bad at that point. I had, it was after the dissolution, I was seeing somebody we were still in the honeymoon phase in the very beginning of the relationship, right. having a good time. But I still remember in that moment, multiple women came up to my girlfriend and I, and she had a very similar build, and she was going through similar things as well, and using working out a lot to stay busy and maybe stay away from I don't want to speak for her, but probably very similar reasons that I was. Right. And we would have multiple women come up to us, just strangers, and, are you guys bodybuilders? And, you know, and it was like kind of neat in the moment, but... I don't know. It was a weird compliment to accept 
because I knew why I looked that way and it wasn't for a healthy reason. Right. And then we'll never forget the really hard one when that little relationship I had did end and it wasn't pretty because the relationship after your marriage ending never ends pretty. No, it does not. (laughs) Nine out of ten times, those are the throwaways. That is the truth, Sarah. (laughs) And... That ended, and I was like, it was another ending. I was an emotional wreck. I fell even harder into the super disciplined eating and the super disciplined and frequent fitness. Mm -hmm. I was working this purse auction, and I'm, you know, dressed dressed nice. You wore cocktail dresses, blah, blah, blah. And a woman came up to me in the bathroom. She'd had a few by that point. She's feeling good. She comes up, she grabs my arm, and she says, this is a stranger. And she said, oh my gosh, you have the body that every woman dreams of. And I kid you not, in that moment, I almost just overflowed with tears Mm -hmm. because all I could think in that moment was, I'm looking at this adorable woman in front of me. First of all, she was adorable. And all I could think was, I am a mess inside and you have no idea. idea. And you're seeing this exterior thing that at that point I felt pressure to keep up because I was a gym owner and a right. nutrition coach. And I showed that to the world, thought that was healthy. Right. They thought that was healthy Sarah. Mm-hmm. And that was the most unhealthy Sarah that has ever existed. Right. And I just so badly, and I almost did, but I didn't. I almost said to her, do you have a wife, or excuse me, do you have well, wife or husband at home and children? Because that's all I want. That is all I think about, and right. I don't have that, and I'm a miserable mess right now. Right. That's all I wanted to say when people would compliment my physique, is like, this is because I can't focus on anything else right, right now, because I'm terrified of what life has to offer next, and because I don't have anything that I planned on having in that exactly. moment. Yes. That was weird. Like, I thought I'd get to that what looked to everyone else like the pinnacle of my fitness and I thought I'd be happy Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh I was the most unhappy I'd ever been Mm -hmm. and when I work with clients today some of them there is a healthy destination to being your fittest you but I can see the difference in women's eyes when they so desperately want this thing I just want to say that's not gonna be your answer Mm -hmm. you will be so healthy I can get you really healthy but I please understand that if I get you to X number on the scale, it's not gonna fix the things that you are feeling right now, that yes. you might not even know you're feeling. Right. And that is rare, but the I, I do see that mirrored in some of the women that I've worked with. When I do work with women in nutrition and fitness, I check in all the time. You know, whatever plan we had when we started, my hope is that when I work with women, I don't only help them grow physically, but I help them see who they are see how badass they are see how strong they are physically mentally see how much they have to offer Mm -hmm. and my hope is always I always check in with my clients you know you and I do this too okay when we get to this point I know this was our plan but let's let's sit and reevaluate is that still 100% what you want do you want to go there are other buckets we can look at Mm -hmm. that we can focus on so one of the other things that was really detrimental in that fitness addiction that I would say for me lasted roughly probably a year. It eased up to that year, solid year of it, and then it eased out after that year. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing that happened that was such a detriment that thank God I was able to fix because it wasn't too far gone was my hormones went to absolute crap. Mm -hmm. 
there are so many things that we think are just supposed to happen hormonally, right? Like I'm of this age, right? So I'm 41. And when my hormones started to go wacko, I was roughly, when I noticed it, they started to go off years before that. But when I noticed it and it became super obvious in in various um, aspects of my health and my life, it was, I was probably 38. So would have been an easy thing to say, well, I, I'm a little young for it, but maybe I'm going through perimenopause. Maybe this or that is happening. It would have been easy to blame away, but I was just like, no way. There's no way that this kind of stuff should be happening. My estrogen, and this is extremely common because we all go through our version of our mess, right? In I don't want to call it a midlife crisis because I hope to live much longer that 40 is not the middle of my life. But, and I, and I just hate that term, but we all go through like similar experiences. You know, we, whether it's, I've been married for this long, my husband are having trouble. My children have graduated and are out of the house. And now my husband and I are having trouble with that, or I'm having trouble with my kids being gone. Divorces, you know, you name it. Like, weight gain because our bodies do change not just hormonally but our bodies do change in a way that we cannot do the same things from 30 on that we did previous to that our bodies have different needs so so we all go through various things that all bring us all of us women bring us to this like why am I carrying a little bit of extra belly fat? Right. Why am I extra bitchy all the time right now? <laughs> yes. Like we go through similar things. And one of the common factors to that is the shift in hormones, but it's not a shift in hormones because it's supposed to be because I'm this age. So for me, it was going through a very big life change personally, also professionally. So that constant stressor on my body, and I promised Abby I wasn't going to get too sciencey, so I'm going to try not to, but that constant stress on the body caused my physiology to focus on dealing with that fight or flight stress all the time. So you've all heard of the word cortisol. We've all at least heard of that, whether you know what it means or not. So what that is, is your body releasing cortisol to deal with chronic stress that you're having. And that could be something that you're just like, oh, this this such is life. Like we're all worried about this. And yeah, we are, but your body is still taking care of you as if it's an emergency, but all the time. Yeah. And when that happens to us, our sex hormones, and I don't I'm not talking about like sex in the bedroom, sex drive. I'm talking right. about your your gender hormones. They get wonky. So for me, and this is extremely common, my estrogen went really high. And that's like your mama bear kind of aggressive hormone. My progesterone is almost was almost invisible. It was almost completely gone. Testosterone was kind of normal-ish, low-ish. And so I remember being so emotional, becoming so emotional. And I was just like, well, it's just because of what I'm going through. And it was partially, but also my hyper attention to fitness and working out all the time and putting my body under that constant stress because workout is good for you, but it does cause stress. It creates free radicals in the body. All of that going on, mental and physical stress will wear out your body's ability to take care of all the hormonal releases that it needs to take care of. Mm-hmm. And there are gobs of those going on at any given time in your body all the time. Yeah. So my estrogen was super high and I essentially was just in my head super bitchy all the mm-hmm. time and very sensitive and very like quick to temper. Yeah. And that I remember it coming out on some of my clients and, and I was able to reel it back before I did damage, thank God. I have one client in particular that like in a teasing, challenging kind of way does 
push my did used to push my buttons on purpose and I remember one day I responded so inappropriately to him and I felt horrible I was mm-hmm. like what are you doing and I finally decided to get the hormones checked out and I did and that's when I came to that conclusion that my estrogen was super high my progesterone which is our like chill babe that's that hormone like you need to relax right now and she was gone my chill babe was gone yes and I was like that mama bear oh my gosh I'm gonna react super strongly to everything in the moment estrogen was super high and I remember like almost coming to tears when my doctor read that back to me she read the levels back to me and what that meant and I had done some research on my own and kind of knew what hormone was responsible for what right and I literally was like oh my gosh thank you so much Dr. Downs I I just thought I was becoming a grumpy ass bitch like I was like I am just a grumpy ass woman this is me now I'm always gonna be intense (laughs) (laughs) yes and I am already as Abby knows too I am an intense person which is what makes me a great coach and uh trainer but it was like too much I couldn't turn it off yeah and I needed that balancing part of myself and I didn't have it that avoidance not only the mental effects of that avoidance created quite the shit show in my head, but physiologically with the working out all the time, the incessant workouts, constantly moving, never giving my body rest, Mm -hmm. created a massive hormonal imbalance and also created some things where to this day I still deal with them and that's injuries because we can only push so hard and now I'm 41 and this you know was like I said maybe five years ago kind of that all that got at its worst Mm -hmm. and I still to this day have a lot of things that pop up a lot of little um, tendonitis and and tears in the muscles that I've been through in the last few years because I just kept pushing and I didn't allow rest right so yes fitness can be an addiction like anything else right it's no more or less harmful. And that's where I was. Like, well, if I have to have an addiction, it this one's okay. But anything that makes you avoid what you need to be dealing with is not okay. Right. You know, it's not better than another thing. <laughs> it's not one thing is not better than another thing. Right. And it might kill you slower, but it's still going to shorten your life. Any, yeah. any of the addictions are. Absolutely. Growing up, honestly, and throughout my entire life, I feel like I've struggled with different types of eating disorders and always struggling with nutrition. So when I found you again, I knew no matter what, I wanted to train with you, but I knew nutrition was key. Mm -hmm. It's always been key. And I've learned a lot, again, like I said before, um, from working with you about eating disorders. You have explained to me there's eating disorders and disordered eating. And I would love if you could explain the difference between the two. Of course. So disordered eating is something, it sounds horrible and very serious. And honestly, it, it is a bit serious. It's not the same as an eating disorder, but disordered eating, I, almost all of us in one way or another have it, myself included, have something that is a hang up for us yes. with food. Something that from previous trauma, previous previous experiences, often coming from, the root of it is coming from our, our self-worth. So often that's the case. Mm-hmm. We all have some sort of disordered eating. And if we don't currently, we have in the past. We've had it in the past. So when I was going through, like I said, about five years ago when it was all at its worst, my disordered eating was like, 
you stay precisely within your yeah. caloric intake and macros every day. You do not veer away from that until that treat meal. And then you can have that treat meal. Right. You can approach that in a healthy manner. You really can. But it is a fine, fine line. My relationship with food, I don't think it ever got horrible, but it was certainly all I, I thought about food all day long. Yeah. Now, to be fair, we like to joke, I'm a Schliebert woman. <laughs> And Schlieberts like to eat. It is just what we do. <laughs> I love me some food. I have a sign right here next to me in my kitchen that says, if you like to eat, I like you. So, like, food is a thing. Um, for my family, it is, and for so many of us, it is part of our culture. It, is, it has nostalgia. It's part of tradition. But I was thinking about it all day, like, how many carbs do I have left? And what am I saving this for? And again, or what do I want to save those carbs for? Right. And again, that these thoughts can be in a healthy manner. You can have those in a healthy manner. You can have a healthy focus on your food. In that moment, it was, again, just another coping mechanism mm -hmm. for me. So it was, I'm going to focus so hard on this thing mm -hmm. because I don't want to think about these other things. Right. So it's not that thinking about, I'm not saying that thinking about your macros and planning your food out is a bad thing. I do that all the time. I help my clients do that. But what do I always do, Abby? I make sure your mindset is in check. Right, right. I make sure that my clients are making these decisions, asking these questions in confidence and in a, in a place where they want to be educated. It is not an obsession. So disordered eating can look like that. It can look like there's feeling attached to it, essentially. Like, oh my gosh, like I had that treat meal, but like, oh, did I really need that? And yeah. Like having those regrets after the treat meal. And I yep. used to do that too. Like, why did I do that? I didn't need that. And now I own the crap out of when I'm going to have sit down to a pizza and ice cream. That's my favorite yeah. thing to, to have my blowout meal on. Um, I own it. And like, I don't feel anything except gassy after because of all the cheese and the dairy. <laughs> It's but I, so worth it. But it's totally <laughs> worth farting for the next 24 hours. So worth it. <laughs> My partner loves that part. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, there's disordered eating, which is when there you have strong emotion and, and specifically self-worth feelings attached to food. And then you have more serious physiological eating disorders like bulimia, like anorexia. And that is to the point where you're not just, we all know what those look like, so I'll be brief on this one, but that's where it is you're taking action. You're not just having the uncomfortable thoughts that make you second guess yourself. You are harming your body right. um, by not eating or, or getting rid of your food after you've eaten it. You know, various forms of that various combinations of that. Yes. So the eating disorder is when it does become an, a, a real disease for the person. And like I said, it's taking action, taking serious action on those things. And certainly the thing they have in common though, is that self-worth, that mm -hmm. self-confidence. Yes. We are a hundred percent attached to that in either scenario. It's just how serious is it? Has it become a medical situation at that point? Mm -hmm. So yeah, both just something to keep your mind on. As a nutrition coach, that is where I am hyper aware with my clients. Where is their mindset? I have one gal who, one gal, a hundred gals really, I've been through this version of this with a lot of people. I've had to, like you would turn away a drunk person when they say, sell me this alcohol, I'm not yeah. gonna sell this to you. I've had people like, Sarah, can, can we take my body fat early? Can we, can we do my weigh-in early? Right. No, we can't. I need you to relax about it. Mm -hmm. I need you to be in a space where 
you want me to take that for information, not because you have an emotional attachment to what that scale is going to say, to what the calipers are going to say in your body composition check. So yeah, nutrition is another thing, just like the fitness that can be a coping mechanism for you, be an addiction to, to that thing, that part of our life that we can control or not, that is helping us ignore this other part. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. So much good information. Seriously. I could sit and talk to you or just listen to you forever (laughs) because the information is just so amazing. I am going to, in the comment section of my podcast, I'm going to put Sarah's email and Instagram just so that you're able to follow her and continue learning about this amazing information that I get to be a part of because I see her four days a week, thankfully, but I want you to also have access to it because it is needed. Sarah, I have one last question and then we're probably gonna wrap up. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh gosh. Take your (laughs) I did a post on this recently, not that recently, maybe a few months ago, even the post was kind of roundabout. If I could tell my younger self one thing, it would be you don't have to do the cookie cutter version. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do what you think the next step is. I made a lot of big decisions in my life. I, like many of us, I wanted to please my parents, specifically my mama. And I made my decision on what I was gonna do in college because I I knew it would make my parents comfortable because it was the consistent decision that was to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I got married because I thought it was the next step. Yep. And I knew, I knew in the moment I was asked Mm -hmm. that it wasn't right. And I still did it because I thought, why not? This is the next step. Yep. And I almost gave up my dream business because logistically it seemed to make sense in that moment right like and my mom is amazing and loves me very much and takes care of her children so well but she desperately wanted to see me in a nine to five when I went through COVID she wants to see consistency for her kids like every mom does you're a mom you know that yes you want to be able to see predictability in your child's life Mm -hmm. and she wanted me to go to a nine to five and gosh Abby I almost did it And I have told our friend Kate before, if I would have done that, I would not be the girl you know. I would have become a zombie Mm -hmm. because I almost again chose the cookie cutter thing. So that, that advice would be to be patient and wait until you know what you want to do, you know, toy around, but just be patient. Don't do what you think you're supposed to do. Don't do what you think you need to do. Um, you can please your parents without <laughs> doing what you think they want you to do because yes. they just want you to be happy. Um, and yeah, try just just try to be patient with yourself. And I could elaborate for another hour on that, but I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry to spring that one on. That's you. okay. Um, I would love for you to do our quote of the week. Mm-hmm. I had Sarah pick one of her favorite <laughs> quotes. So this is funny because before we started <laughs> before we started uh, recording this podcast, I was like, well, I know my quote, it's Latin. It's on my it's on my personal Instagram and I've been saying it a certain way. I did not take Latin in school. My sister did. I should have asked her. So, 
It means he conquers who conquers himself. So in other words, if you get to know yourself in life, you are going to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that for a very long time. I didn't figure that out until very recently. To give myself space to understand who I am, to understand my needs, instead of, I'm going to do this next thing because it feels right in this moment, even though there are red flags just slapping me in the face. So the the Latin word, I thought it was (laughs) Vinci, qui se Vinci. No, it's not. Abby and I listened to how to say it. It is. I'm going to try desperately to say it. Wink it. Qui se wink it. So I'm sure that I butchered that. It sounded good to me. But it is a gorgeous Latin phrase. And like I said, it means he conquers who conquers himself. So give yourself that time in life. Be patient. Figure out who the heck you are before you go jumping right into all the things. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Sarah, for being here. I love you to pieces. And I just, I absolutely knew when I started doing this, you are one of the people that pushed me to fulfill my dreams, which is my podcast. This is something I've wanted to do for so long. And you are one of those women that continued to push me and make me believe even when I couldn't believe in myself. So having you on here, means so much to me thank you for having me and i do want to say one more thing before she wraps this up completely is um abby is going to put my email um at the bottom of this podcast please please don't hesitate to reach out with any nutrition fitness questions or or anything else i know abby offers that as well at the end of every podcast and abby and i have one thing in well we have a lot of things in common but we have one really big center of who we are thing in common and that is I am here to serve and I am I am here to serve women in particular because I see women go through the things that we go through everyone goes through the things but women we carry it different yes and it has been my goal in life since I opened Shakti to be able to be of service to women who need it because I know that's what's kept me afloat in life other strong women um, so do please, Abby will give you her, her speech there as well, but please, please reach out if there's anything you think I can help you with, any questions you might have. I certainly welcome and would love to give you my time. Yes. Be kind, be a good person, and take care of yourself. Same place next Tuesday. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Bye-bye.